Welcome to Yes Have Some Podcast. You caught us in the you caught us in the middle of a conversation that I felt needed to be recorded. Uh, my name is Craig Goldberg. I'm not even going to do the intros. You know who hosts the show? By we now. don't need intros. <laughs> Y'all know me. Um, uh, but I will ask everybody how they're doing in a moment. But what I'm going to say is, uh, I was talking about this. There's this old. What are you doing? Just moving my microphone a little okay. bit. It's all good. <laughs> there's this old band uh, called Static X. They were like a metal band. Um, that was, uh, God, I don't know. They were, they were kind of came up in like the new metal scene right around the time of like stained and Lincoln park. And they were kind yeah. of like, a, they were like early, a th- early two thousands, early two okay. thousands. And if I remember Jake, they were more like a third tier. Like they weren't, they had like maybe one or two big songs, but they weren't huge. Right. They were not very big. They were more of like an industrial. They were like, they, they they did come up with the new metal stuff, but it was like a industrial version. You know, they 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 were doing something a little different. The mm-hmm. the lead singer had that really stupid hair where it was <laughs> just like straight up in the air. Right, you know? I remember that. So mm-hmm. what what reminded me of this is we were, we were just talking about some like old bands like Corn and those kind of bands and who we saw. And I, I thought about Static X because they had some sort of anniversary tour planned for this year and i think they maybe did a couple dates before they canceled everything but what they did was the lead singer's dead he died a while back maybe like wayne static yeah wayne static years ago like way long time ago like you were really loud just now by the way maybe i'm still trying to adjust the levels no i figured it out uh maybe like 10 or 15 years ago and they got a new singer that apparently sounds like him okay but he but he wears a wayne static mask no. Oh my God, that's the creepiest. It's like Back to the Future too. First of all, that's insane. That's something a crazy person does. Second of all, I'm a little. I, I kind of think a little less of you now for knowing all of this. Like, right. You, In my defense, I knew his name was Wayne Static because are of you the Wikipedia. doing some Static X? Cosplay over there. I don't no, but we are playing Tony Hawk, which I think is where all of this is stemming from. Also, I just realized there's a 80% chance. No, I'm going to say 50% chance that I'm thinking of Drowning Pool this entire time, and it's not Static X, <laughs> <laughs> which is also a very similar story. They had the one basically song. all the same stuff died along. Drowning Pool did have like two songs that I, I liked back in the day, okay. back in high school. Mm-hmm. Right. They had one where they instructed all the bodies to hit, hit the floor. Oh, let the bodies hit the that floor. Was, that was Drowning Pool. Yes. I sing that to my cats, but I say let the buddies hit the floor. Did, <laughs> did you? Hold on. Yeah, they do the counting. But yeah. hold on. Do you guys know this fan? You know how movies have fan theories that aren't real? That's in The Matrix. In songs, the songs have them too. There is a fan theory that let the bodies hit the floor and it's raining men 
are about the same event from two different perspectives. They are. <laughs> I like that. So um, that is kind of. It's look, like a different way of looking at things. It proves that it's all about your personal experience, how you observe something and what comes out of that from like your artistic integrity. That's what I'm trying to say. Um, hey, everybody, welcome to Yes, Have Some. By the way, another thing that you're both going to hate. I was going to open with this. It's all new metal now. We're the new metal. Yes. Have some show. We, we only give new metal and rock and grunge updates, which this is week exciting. We're talking about traps. Go! <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. We have a new segment called something takes a part of me. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> we slip off my breakaway pants. Uh, no, I was listening to another podcast. There's more podcasts than just ours. Um, uh, Joe, Joe Rogan Joe Rogan had David Blaine on and as I was listening to it I was like Jake and Abby would hate this I hate, so I hate that sentence <laughs> yeah I hate both of those people um yeah I, I don't well, I know we've talked about magic and at its premise it's just people we're paying people to lie to us Jake you magicians are all magicians are all con artists yeah. that's all they are yeah yeah and they were talking about like how he like like nobody when he does those stunts where he like freezes himself for like five days and everybody thinks because he's a magician. He actually told a funny story where he there was somebody in New York. He said it was like twelve degrees. David Blaine said he helped somebody open their car door that was frozen and he just pulled it really hard and it opened and they thought because it was David Blaine helping <laughs> that he that it was like a trick. It was like a magical force at work. Because they couldn't get their door open, but he's like, I, he's like, I just pulled it really hard. <laughs> so it's kind of funny. Um. Anyways, everybody, welcome to the show, Jake. Welcome back. As I said last week, you were Thank on you. you were on assignment in uh, Florida. Um, yep. So what's what's the report? How was Florida? What you? It was it was fine. What'd I didn't really learn? do anything. I just hung out with my mom. Yeah. <laughs> it was uh, it was pretty uneventful just hung out uh went to the beach and that's about it man yeah. just yeah, that's out nice though a couple of days. Yeah. i yeah. saw that ocean yeah you mentioned there was a lighthouse that seemed fun it was a light yes yeah. for sure there, i've never we, been to a top of a lighthouse we were in saint augustine went to a lighthouse um it was very tall mm-hmm. <laughs> Dude, I, hey I, I don't ever need to go back to the top it's of a that lot lighthouse. of climbing hey you should read leave a yelp review for that lighthouse this lighthouse, lighthouse uh, looked small, but it's taller than it looks. <laughs> a lot of stats. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Anyways. Uh, well, cool. Well, welcome back. Uh, thanks, everybody, for joining us. Before we get started, want to let everybody know that Yes Have Some has a YouTube account. We are fastly approaching some number of subscribers. That was an arbitrary goal of mine. So if you could go to the YouTube page and subscribe. No, it means something. It means something. Uh, we, we still got a lot of toy content and all sorts of stuff going on over there. And then, of course, Yes Have Some on Instagram, at YHS Podcast. We've been posting and posting and posting and sharing our collections and our toys. And uh, it, for some reason, if you don't follow us, follow us. Just give it a follow. It's that simple. So uh, we do appreciate everybody's support on social media. Also, we don't talk about it enough, but we have a very cool merchandise store, the Yes Have Some official gift shop, as in slides are available in the gift shop. Or <laughs> Slide on down to the gift shop. I love that. <laughs> we won't even go into that, but it's hilarious. Um, 
we have a brand new shirt. So you can go to belowthecollar.com slash YHS podcast. Once again, that's belowthecollar.com slash YHS podcast and get the brand new Jacob Walsh and Linda Blair inspired t-shirt by our friend Brendan Pierce, who did the last Yes Have Some shirt with the the big YHS universe with, you know, Jaws and all that stuff on there. Um, he does incredible artwork, and he surprised me. I didn't. We did not ask for this. He's like, hey, look what I made. And we were like, cool, new shirt. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Um, but of course, that commemorates uh, one of the great moments in Yes Have Some history, which was, uh, it's kind of, it's almost like a two or three part event. The first part was Jake getting yelled at by Linda Blair at mm-hmm. Days of the Dead and then a year later yep. returning with a vengeance. Was it a year later or was it like two years? It might have been two years. Like, I think it was two. I think she skipped a year. Yeah. She didn't you want know, to face it. You know how Linda Blair that skips every, you know. Right. Mm-hmm. It's like a leap year thing. <laughs> <laughs> Linda. Linda years. Got it. No Lin- Linda Blair's. It's like a hurricane. You know, it's like the, there's no Linda Blair's predicted for this year. Exactly. And sometimes you think it's going to be a Linda Blair and it turns out it's just a dog rescue. And you have to hear about all that. Oh, um, get the ring light out. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, that was, I mean. I'm trying to, I, I have no concept of time, but it feels like that was all a couple of years ago, but we finally have commemorated it. Was about it. 15, about 15, 15 years 15 ago. Years. It looks yeah. small, but it's a lot bigger on the inside. <laughs> yes. That's why we lighthouses and Linda Blair. Any, e- either way, the shirt's amazing. Yeah. He did a great job. <laughs> yeah, he did exactly. A there's, I, my favorite is that cool. There's in the shirt. Jake is on the shirt. It depicts Jake wearing a Ghostbusters shirt. And the No Ghost logo is wearing sunglasses and he's pulling them down looking at the Pazuzu statue that Jake is holding. <laughs> That's my favorite part. It's, it's like the Ghostbusters logo from the real Ghostbusters where it's always in the corner like reacting to the actual. <laughs> right, right, yeah. Um, and it makes me want that shirt. I, when I first saw that, I was like, Jake doesn't have that shirt. I was like, wait a minute, that's not even a real shirt. I just want it. So uh, you can find that now in the official uh, shirt store with all of our shirts at belowthecollar.com slash YHS podcast. And uh, we very much appreciate your support. Now. Mm-hmm. And creativity, Brendan. Thank you. Thank you, Brendan, uh, very much. Thank you so much. Um, so dragon con was this past weekend <laughs> in hmm. theory uh it did not happen really? obviously um we all knew that it was going to be canceled but that did not stop people from doing virtual versions of pke surge and panels and dragon con did their best to do a uh have a virtual presence and, I, Facebook, and yeah. you know what i think maybe because the dragon con like family is more close knit and passionate than like the traditional comic con family. From what I was seeing, it seems like more people were into it than like with San Diego comic con. Like it gave something people, something yeah. to do. And I, I think that community like aspect of it, I think a lot of families, um, who maybe were bored and didn't know what else to do. They gave like a lot of stuff for people to participate in on Facebook and challenges each day. I was kind of involved with like, watching panels and, you know, getting updates on Facebook through Dragon Con. You were on a panel. I was on a panel, uh, which aired at <clears throat> Friday at 6 a.m., between 6 and 7. And that's the she panel that I recorded a few weeks ago. It was a blast to do it. Uh, but, of course, I totally missed that because that schedule came out like on Friday. So it was kind of like a... Well, that, well, that, well, you know, when they're doing Dragon Con, they, they try to keep it, you know, as close to the real thing as possible. So 
schedule changes and, and uh, <laughs> right. schedules popping out last. That's, right. that's all. That's normal. So they always put the important stuff at 6 a.m. anyway. Yeah. It's also the other thing they right. always do. Right. But yeah, it was kind of fun to participate in uh, leave comments and at least be in some of the group chats a little bit because you felt a kind of a sense of community. You know, I just realized I never every year at DragonCon, I always say I'm going to take advantage of like the 24 hour panels and like the late night movie festival and all that stuff. And I just never do. I'm always well, just you, you you always have some sort of like big, <laughs> you know, uh, declaration of something you're going to do. Get a hot dog. But but it always changes when we get there and it just becomes I'm going to get a slice of pizza. <laughs> Yep. I can reduce all of my goals in life down. I'll just get a piece of pizza. I'll be fine with that. Um, but no, I, I, I did miss Dragon Con and it was the one thing, you know, there's been a lot of stuff this year that has not happened, but that's the one thing that that's our big annual, uh, event that we all look forward to. And obviously PKE surge, but Hey, we did a panel. We did a virtual panel that was pre-recorded that aired. Um, I'm going to find out where you can get that. I believe it's on the American Sci-Fi Classics YouTube channel, and I'll try to get the audio up on our actual podcast feed. We did put that up early a couple weeks ago for our Patreon members. Um, but it was fun. We did a Jurassic Park panel. I was on it. And, and Abby was on it. Jake, I completely forgot that this happened. Do you remember two years ago we sat in on a Jurassic Park panel and Abby got the the, as the a, boot, the boot, the stanky I, boot. <laughs> I, I, I did forget all about it too until you uh, mentioned it in the in this week's email. Um, I completely forgot, oh, but yeah, that did, that did happen. Yeah, it Sorry. was quite a memory, honestly. <laughs> I I showed up for the panel the first time to like check in. I was wearing my full Zoya the Destroyer costume, which is just like a leotard, <laughs> and black lipstick, and a headdress, and all this shit. So yeah, I showed up. I was like, oh cool, I'm gonna be on the panel. I'll come back in a little bit. Let me change. And I came back with you guys and we stood up near the front of the room waiting to get on there. And it, it slowly became evident <laughs> in the last couple minutes that it was like, all right, Craig and Jake, take your seats. Looks like we don't have room for Abby. So I sat in the audience. I tried to take pictures and I got increasingly mad and ended up leaving. Abby bailed. I was like, I can't, I can't sit and watch them podcast. I, I offered you my spot and you were, you were like, you said, cl clearly that's not going to happen. Jake has a tattoo on his back. I was like, I, I don't deserve this. <laughs> you, have, you have no idea how much. I, and then I went and punished myself. And I got lost all over Atlanta trying to find my hotel. Yeah, and, yeah Abby acted like she's never been to the city she's lived in her whole life. Sad Charlie Brown, Abby. Yeah. But that didn't happen. Just like left Dragon Con, just walking just, down the road. Literally, I was gone. <laughs> somebody, somebody started playing the sad Hulk music from the TV show. <laughs> You just hitchhiked. Yeah, and I like, got all those flies around me, like Linus. It yeah, was so sad. you did. Yeah, you stunk for some reason. <laughs> I did. That's funny, um, but that did not happen this time. We had fun. I, I love talking about Jurassic Park, and it's uh, such a big franchise with so much going on that uh, we did. We, you can't even really scratch the surface in an hour. But we, we had fun. We tried to cover some different topics, and we did some. Uh, YHS group therapy questions that we answered. Uh, it, it was fun. It was a lot of fun. So thanks to, to Gary and Joe for, uh, for having us yeah. and for having some, um, cool. But everybody was posting their PKE surge pictures. I did get that wave of like, Ooh, I miss you get that wave. Mostly, at least for me, it was the weather walking out because it's that this time of year and the changing of the season, it happens at dragon con every year and you kind of miss it. But 
being out there this past weekend, I was like, oh man, this is this is Dragon Con season. Right. You I just really miss I miss it. I miss the the Chase and Hal and Katie and yeah. and and all of it in the PKE surge and the Finchers and James Fincher just manning the table, even mm-hmm. though we didn't have just sitting there for like two straight days and being happy to do it because mm-hmm. he's like giving out business cards. <laughs> yeah. He's like, I'm BLG Proton Pack. Like, okay. <laughs> It's awesome. It's awesome. It's like you, we almost forgot how much those memories get you by for the next year till you see everybody because it's, yeah. it's such an it's just important to spend time with people. Next year we'll yeah, do it. Yeah, next, next year, year we'll it'll be good. Crush it. We're gonna crush Dragon. Con. Oh my god, they're not gonna even see it coming. Um, cool. And let's see what else. That that's a that's all my little housekeeping notes. Uh, I don't know if uh, anybody had anything else. Abigail. Mm, no. I no. Think- no. Well, well, we hope everybody. Definitely, yeah, that's it for housekeeping. Enjoyed their um, their weekend, their long Labor Day weekend, with or without Dragon. Um, so, in a bummer of news, we're going to talk about toys here for a few. Uh, I believe uh, Toy Fair is not happening. They they went ahead and just said we're not doing it. It's special in February. Maybe it'll happen later in the year, some version of it. But uh, that that was kind of the one thing I was like, oh, you know what? Next year. This has been a crazy year, but we're going to reset it. We're going to be back at Toy Fair getting ready for Ghostbusters Afterlife. And they were like, no, it's not happening. And for obviously, there's no way to know what's going to be happening in the world come February. And that's such a huge mm-hmm. undertaking. Uh, I understand it, but it definitely stung a little bit. Yeah, I felt the <laughs> I just cut to Abby as she's coughing. Sorry. Okay. And no, it, it's, <laughs> I, I felt the same. First of all, let me get close to the microphone. Um, It... It made me kind of sad because, yeah, I like to think there was kind of that like, oh, well, once this year ends, maybe by January 1st, just everything will be better kind of idea. But that's that's not the case. And right. now that February's <laughs> – right. you know, you thought it was going to be like Y2K, like everything was going to get reset. But it's not. Um, kind right. of a bummer. But that is not stopping us from buying toys, obviously. um Hey, Jake, I was at Target today. You knew that because I already told you. But there – I think I saw all of those new NECA Godzillas, and they, they have a ton of them. Well, there's like four new ones, basically. There's the two that the two that um I ended up picking up like a couple weeks ago that we saw at Toy Fair. And then the the newer two that are just kind of coming out are are just repaints of 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 those. Mm. So it's four figures total, but two of them are the same mold. Right. And we because NECA is not going to have the Godzilla license this any is longer. It. This yeah, is it. This, this is, is the finale. This is, all, this is all of it. But um I mean how are the figures you picked up? Are they are they pretty great? Oh I think they look great. I think they're two of the uh it's two of my favorite looking uh you know Godzilla costumes. One being the Godzilla versus Biolante suit, which is that's my favorite movie. Um it's just the to me that's that's when he looks the coolest and 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 all of NECA's Godzilla figures have been amazing. You know there's there's nothing you know the, there's just nothing wrong with them. You know, right. they just look great. And, and they're, 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 there's good articulation. Like the best thing about those Godzilla toys is that like the tails are really segmented and like his tail in the movie looks like that. Like it look his tail looks segmented, but you can use that for a toy and just make it, you know, where it's just each segment is an articulation. So you can kind of make the tail look however you want it. And I think that's really cool. Now I got my first Godzilla figure ever um, a couple months back, and I don't know which one it is. I think it's the Godzilla vs Kong figure. I, I like it with the uh, 
the nuclear uh god I'm not, I'm not a Godzilla fan at all. What do they call that? When he when he spits the fire. Breath? Yeah, 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 that. It's just it's yeah, it's yeah. whatever you want to call it, nuclear breath Yeah, or I displayed it. Or... I displayed it with that cuz I thought it was pretty cool. I like that. Do they okay. all come with that? They don't all have it, but um a good bit of them do. Gotcha. Um so well yeah, if you're collecting Godzilla stuff, get out to Target because they've they've got plenty of it. They, they seem to have a surplus of it. Um, and uh, it's a bummer they're losing the line. I guess in more not so hot news from NECA, but we won't only focus on the bad. Uh, they, everybody found out this week, and then NECA officially announced it yesterday that the eight inched clothed retro style um, Chief Brody figure is canceled. Oh, it is not happening. What fell through? Yeah. It's do you, do you think they'll just give me the one that we saw at a toy oh, the fair? prototype? Yeah. yeah. I, I think maybe right now would be a nice to put to call dibs. Here we go. 30 seconds, Jake. It's like a say why you need it. It's like a dating show. Give us your pitch why you deserve the Brody prototype. Um I well just because I'm the biggest Jaws fan in the world and and you know, I saw it up close and not a whole lot of people have gotten to do that. And since I already saw it. And I already have it's such like a big doll collection. Uh, yeah, it's like you know, for everybody else, you know, for 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 a very large part of the population, they haven't seen that in person, right? Mm-hmm. And I have, so to take it away from me, <laughs> it's like more hurtful. Yes, yeah, I understand. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like those other like you know, fuck everybody else. They don't right. know, whatever. Yeah, I, I I've agree. Seen it. I've had it within my grasp. You know. I think we should turn that into like a haiku. Like if you can touch it, you job, can catch yeah. it. This is the Jake. <laughs> We're gonna make here here it here it comes. Right. The next shirt will be the Jake Jaws Brody haiku. It'll it'll be Are you familiar with haiku structure? No, what is it? Three, I don't I know it's that three there five is. three. Okay. You're ruining my joke. I'll do it. I, Sorry, over. I just made it not fun. Continue. Yeah, wait a, yeah. Are you familiar with the structure? Jesus Christ. Sorry, can, continue. I was gonna say five seven five. Five seven five. I was gonna say I saw Brody first. I saw it in person and fuck everyone else. <laughs> five, seven, five. <laughs> the Jake Brody haiku. Pretty cute. Um, but yeah, that was yeah, a bummer. Was- but they did officially announce yesterday on Twitter that the quint is happening. Now, here's my hot take. This is how some people have accused me of being annoyingly optimistic in my life. Uh-huh. Like, Probably the two people I'm talking to at times have been like, stop being so positive. Is it almost better since we were never going to get Hooper because of Richard Dreyfuss didn't sign off on the likeness rights? Is it almost better to just have Quint than having Quint and Brody and no Hooper? No. (laughs) Mm. Okay. It's all kind of. Nah. I, I, I'm assuming it must be some sort of like it's weird, you know. They they had the rights and and then now they don't, but they still have the Quint rights. So I'm I'm imagining it must be something. Maybe it has something to do with their contract or the family or I don't know. It's probably something weird and technical. And I, I, I'm just kind of hoping that maybe down the road it's something they're able to work out. You know, like right. I, I was never like super bummed about no Hooper because I just figured, you know what? Maybe after Quentin Brody comes out, maybe down the road they'll be able to put the Hooper out. Maybe, you know, they'll they'll be able to ask, you know, Richard Dreyfus again or something. And 
I'm just hoping that maybe the Quint comes out, we'll get some other stuff, and maybe maybe whatever is keeping this from happening will we'll maybe get worked out, and maybe it will yeah. just be a delayed thing. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they didn't get into too much detail about it, but I can only imagine that Brody family has been through so much over the years that they can't even be bothered with Dude, it. Dude, like four shark attacks. I was about to say. <laughs> they can't even the go death. to the Bahamas, you know? A lot of trauma. <laughs> yeah, they can't even go on a nice vacation. They can't even hire. <laughs> Wait, what were you saying? Just, just keep going. Not even in love. Can't even get in the pool anymore, you know? <laughs> After that pool shark incident. Oh, God. Uh, yeah. You can't even go to SeaWorld. They can't even play pool anymore because of pool sharks. <laughs> <laughs> they can't even hire Michael Caine to fly a seaplane for them anymore without getting attacked by a shark. Listen. We'll get Brody eventually. These things tend to work out over time. They, they A year ago, they said they were never going to have Friday the 13th figures again. Look, those are happening. So things work out eventually. But uh, mm-hmm. they had pre-orders going, so they had to cancel orders. So we hope nobody was affected. Uh, speaking of NECA, I ordered the animated Back to the Future figures from the NECA eBay store. And those are getting delivered, like, tomorrow, I think. Nice. Oh, those are out already? Yeah. Wow. That's a nice little, like... Silver lining after some of that. I'm excited about those figures. Stuff. Yeah. Um, I've, I've been trying to figure out if I'm, I, I've been having to try to figure out if like that's a line I'm going to try to collect or not. All right. Give me, and I'm not, and give I'm me not sure because I, because I, I think I'm probably going to get the, the other ones, the like the ultimates. Right. But I'm like, do I, do I also want the problem? Probably. I think the answer right? is yes. You could pro and con it, but you're, you're well, they're only, they're cheap. Well, it bums, it bums me out that it's possible we, we're not getting the car now. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but they're cheap. They're only twelve bucks a figure. That's almost like if you they're don't. They're kind of like the Toonie Terrors. Yep. Yeah, yep. they're almost free. <laughs> well, well in that case, I'm getting two. Yeah, I think you should. Um, yeah, I mean they're 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 in that scale, and like the Bill and Ted and the Ace Ventura. Like it would be cool to have a whole shelf of those animated uh, figures. Neck is doing. Yeah, they're very getting cute. Bill and Ted. Yeah. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. We're getting them. Um. Well, cool. So. Uh, Let's talk about Ninja Turtles NECA figures real quick because I had a little bit of stress over the last couple of weeks because they did the big pre-order for the Super Shredder. Jake got one. I got one. Jake, you got yours like a week ago. Mine has been lost in delivery limbo, and I was so stressed, but it finally came yesterday, so we can finally talk about it. I'm going to put this out there. Jake, I know you were a little bit later to the TMNT movie line. I know you recently got the six inch movie figures you had the one fourth scale you had the bigger ones but you never got the smaller ones but uh, a friend of the podcast was able to to send over some of the uh figures to you that you had not gotten including the Raphael and casey jones two-pack so first impressions man how, how are you feeling now that you're fully involved against your own will seemingly <laughs> a little annoyed um no uh, first of all thank you for uh, to that dude for sending those out. Um, yeah, you know, I always just stuck with the one fourth cause I was like, you know what? These are really big and they're, they're really nice looking. I just didn't think that I needed the smaller figures, but then they kept making them, you know, and I, and I watched you collect and, and the splinter came out and the foot sold. And I'm like, Oh, those all look cool. But I, it wasn't, it wasn't ever like a, a super necessity for me. And then whenever the Raphael, um, Casey Jones two pack came out. I was like, Oh, I, I kind of want to look for that. I really like the way Raphael looks with his, his, uh, in disguise. And, uh, yeah. And then, and then this dude sent us, uh, sent me that, that package and, and hooked me up with all four turtles and Casey Jones. And, 
And then, you know, the, and, and I knew that I, I had pre-ordered the Toka and Razar, whatever, a couple weeks ago. I, I was like, I knew that I would get the part two stuff. Cause that the Toka and the Razar and the super shredder, when we saw that stuff at a uh, toy fair, I was like, this is, these are the best looking things I've ever seen. Like they just look amazing. So yeah, I've kind of like went from no turtle collection to a turtle collection. Right. And token Razar was like, an easy, like, of course we're going to get those because they're, they're incredible and they're big and like, they're, and it was also easy to get token Razar Cause it was one of those like pre, you know, week long pre-orders. You right. know? Well, that, I mean, I was talking to, um, Jamil Payne, who's a friend of the podcast and he lives locally. So we, we, we do these weekly like meetups seemingly at target where he'll pick up something that I need. I pick up something that, you know, he needs and we'll do these exchanges in the target parking lot. Um, and we were talking about since NECA started doing those pre-orders, nobody's complaining. <laughs> like mm. it, it went from like insane amounts of collectors complaining about not being able to get NECA turtles. And now it's like, oh, cool. We can just pre-order them and thank you, NECA, for making yeah. it easier. And Fixed it. It's amazing. Sure. Um, nice. But I th- I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go out on a limb. I don't know if we're going to do the first ever annual Yes Have Some End of the Year Toy Awards this year. It's <gasps> a good idea. But I'm going to put up that Super Shredder as my first nominee for Toy of the Year because it is amazing. Like It's, it's hot. And it's, it's one of those things like, yeah, we it. saw it at Toy Fair. But like, Jake, you were telling me when you got it the other day, you were like, hey, it's better than you think it is. Like, it, there's, Yeah, it, especially, especially when you have it next to your other turtles because it's like he's much bigger. You know, he's, he's in scale. So Super Shredder's a giant because, uh, you know, Kevin Nash is a big guy. Big guy, so, yeah. It, it, yeah, it, when you have it next to your turtles, it's just like, oh, okay. Like when you see his, like, he's got these, like, crazy wide, he's got like a crazy wide eyed, drugged up stare happening. And right. it's just, it's amazing. Yeah. yeah. It's a good looking figure. It comes with the cool TGRI bottle of ooze uh, and some energy. Bottle of ooze, yeah. Bottle of ooze, whatever they call <laughs> it's it. An ener- it's like an energy drink. <laughs> yeah. Five hour energy ooze. Yeah, um, the uh, the container, Chilled. the container of ooze, I should say, and uh, yeah, it's just a it's a really great figure. It displays well. It's really really big, imposing it's, and dominant. It's That's about cool. two inches taller than all the other Ninja Turtles figures, and uh, That's what you want. It's amazing. So congrats to NECA for again making me spend more money. And then last week they put on sale the TMNT accessory set as well as the diorama. So that was again more money being spent by me. Mm-hmm. on Ninja Turtles. So that is okay though. I'm not a mad about it. I'm a little mad about it, I should say. Stop and congrats it. to NECA to being nominated for our first ever <laughs> Toy Awards 2020. We should do that. We should send them um send them something. My my second nominee will be the the Spangler's Neutrona wand. Oh. I think I might switch those. Yeah, I think that I like. They're just nominees. There's nothing to switch. Okay. Well, now our thought we were judging. Now we're not actually. No, later. End of the year. It's September. We got a couple. We got a couple months. We got a couple months. Not even award season yet. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Um, So uh, very exciting. And like I said, that accessory set's really cool. Um, Abby uh, on our eBay hang. By the way, we got a fuck budget coming up. This is very exciting. We haven't done one in a while. Yeah. Um, But I know. Big dinner. (laughs) for everyone you picked up some stuff on the ebay hang on friday night yeah i did i am very proud of myself actually i spent a decent amount on a nice little barge for myself at the end of our ebay hang you Um, don't often barge no it's very rarely 
I am prone to, uh, I have an affinity for random crap, which I know I've been called out for. I usually pick up like the little knickknacks and things at a uh, toy show or when I go to a, a store, the stuff that maybe doesn't catch everyone's eye. I don't tend to get that big playset or the big whatever thing. But when it comes to She-Ra and the Princesses of Power, which is my new obsession, um, it's the cartoon on, excuse me, the cartoon on Netflix. Uh, I like, step away from the podcast for like a week and a half, two weeks, I come back like, talk about She-Ra. I have the power. Yeah, I, I know. You did. And it's just, it's such a great show. Well, I started watching original um, She-Ra because of Craig and his interest in Masters of the Universe and He-Man which I also enjoyed that cartoon. And then She-Ra, when I first watched that, it was like that missing puzzle piece moment in my life. Because Real quick, I'm going to interrupt you. Mm-hmm. If if one year ago, somebody gave us a snapshot of- I would have believed them. September 2020 and was like, look, look at the world you live in. Everybody's wearing masks. Craig has a He-Man collection. <laughs> like yeah. it would have been, you'd have been like, no, this is something else. Bizarro. It's bizarro. It's bizarro. I, I would have believed it too, but I said, hey- Will you show me two months later when Craig has abandoned his He-Man collection? <laughs> yeah, for it's also some other collection for Transformers. <laughs> Fuck Transformers! I hate them. That I I might leave if that happens. My, my favorite thing about how often. Craig says I hate Transformers or fuck Transformers or I will never have a Transformers collection. Is that one day? I, it might be years from now. Who knows? When Craig does start his Transformers collection, <laughs> we are going back and we are making like a master cut of every I will never have a Transformers collection. You should have heard me dude the other day. I know, I was about to bring this up. I was rationalizing it to Abby the other day. I was like, I, I was literally There's no way. I was like, I don't like them. I don't understand them. I don't respect people who think it's cool for uh, trains to turn into robots. I just hate them. And then I was like, having said that, like if I had such a weird thing to say, right? I was like, I, I, I don't respect people. I think it's unnatural. I, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. And I was like, uh, but I did say something about it. I was like, listen, I respect toys, and I love collecting toys, and I like consider myself. Uh, 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 what is it? Uh, in Seinfeld, when George Costanza says he wants to be a Civil War buff, how do you become a buff? I'm a toy buff. Mm-hmm. I would if I had in tons of money to blow, I would probably get some G1, maybe just like an Optimus Prime or something. Why? Yeah, your rationalization was if I had like so much money, I yeah. would eventually, as a collector of toys, add Transformers. I yeah, I would like exclude them. You're, it's gonna happen one day, Craig. <laughs> I think you're gonna I think something's gonna happen. Now, I, I will say as well uh that I have a maybe an irrational hate for transformers. And I think it's because I just like cars and vehicles just have never been a huge interest to me. Right. So I never watched the cartoon as a kid. I didn't care about the toy. I didn't want that. Uh, I, and then the, the live action movies that I've seen, which is only like two of them have been two of the worst movies I've ever seen in my life. (laughs) But, I will not lie that there are times where I, I will be in Walmart and see the Transformers section and be like, some of these toys look good. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't want them. I hate Transformers, but I can understand somebody who likes collecting Transformers toys because uh, sometimes they they're, they just look very well done sometimes. Listen, mm. and I know I say listen a lot because people fucking tell me mm. every day, but I'm going to say it right now. Listen, when we were at Toy Fair and Hasbro gave us awesome goodie bags full of free toys 
I'm not going to say that the Marvel and Star Wars and Power Rangers and Ghostbusters stuff came home and the Transformers stuff didn't make it out of our hotel room. For the (laughs) room attendant saying, give this to your kids. I love that you just assume she has kids or that. (laughs) Find find some kids. But uh, I think all of us collectively have the same opinion of Transformers. So I think we're safe for now. For now. It stinks. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Go. Stinks. <laughs> right. One. Transformers. <laughs> nothing wrong with me. Uh, yeah. Also, just to get back to what I was talking about, if She-Ra. we're still going back to it, uh, kind of like you were saying, I've always, um, I've seen She-Ra dolls, especially the vintage line, like in toy stores, and I've had no interest in picking up any of those figures in the past because they look like miniature Barbie dolls, which I have never liked Barbie dolls. I did have an American Girl doll, but like dolls in general don't appeal to me. So I've seen She-Ra and I've been familiar with, and Ryan Dole has told me that She-Ra's cool in the past, but I never really went down. I wouldn't trust anything that guy says. Yeah, you never know with Ryan, but I basically uh, just kind of went down a hole with um, watching The Secret of the Sword, which is the five-part She-Ra He-Man cartoon animated movie which was like her debut and then i've gone on and watched a lot of the old cartoon and then went on to watch the new netflix show which is really incredible and it's it it's faithful to the original storyline and some of the original characters but it has so much heart and emotion to it and it's like such a coming of age tale for young people female male whatever you are like it's just good for people and um i absolutely love the show i adore all the characters and there are toys but not that many, which is what's upsetting because, like I said, it's on Netflix. It's not like a major, uh, it's not like a Cartoon Network show or Nickelodeon where you're going to get a really good toy line. So the stuff that's come out is few and far between, and it gets picked up by the rabid fan like base, basically. Yeah. Um, so what I purchased was a two-pack of Bo and Adora. Adora in her Force uh, Captain gear. And uh, they're basically dolls, not not action figures like they have soft hair and cloth clothing but they're awesome and they're going up in price these have been like there there was a san diego comic-con exclusive of right. a couple of they were, anyway it these was 100 all, bucks i got both of them they, very these were happy. these were target exclusives a couple years ago and they sold out and they're not ever being made again and they are going ever. way up in value and anybody for reference one of the other figures catra goes for like 800 yeah or so it's ridiculous and, and uh I the character of Bo looks a lot like John Yurkaba, like and he shockingly. Acts, he acts it's like John too. <laughs> I thought you were. I thought you were going to say it was based off of Bo Bearden. <laughs> <laughs> He's based off Bo Bearden and looks like John Hammond. It's very so strange. Um, so, well, cool. Well, congratulations on those pickups. Thank you. Yeah. You're um, Thank you. Well, listen, guys. I want to get to this fuck budget because we. It, it was weird. Sometimes you know it's been a weird year. There hasn't been a lot to talk about. It seems like there's more to talk about. So we're not going to waste any more time. Um, we are going to get to the yes, have some fuck budget right now. Go! Go! God, when are we starting our new metal podcast? Hey, everybody, welcome to Metalheads, the Ghost Heads fandom metalhead We're show. We're going to start it when Ryan Dole was a Notice around 1998, Jonathan Davis took his dreadlocks out, you know, and that. He got his metal uh, microphone stand that was built by H.R. Giger, <laughs> which is a true fact. <laughs> Did you read the thing recently about Fred Durst saying that him he's never been – the f- people in Limp Bizkit are not friends with each other and they never have been. They just all came together as musicians and he's like, yeah, we, we, we never hung out or really ever got yeah, along. Yeah, I love, I love that. <laughs> 
that makes sense. That's why the music is like, you know, yeah. just the way. It is. I loved Limp Bizkit, so I'm not talking shit. We all did. Yeah. We all do. Let's not act like they're not. We all there's, like all listen, these bands listen, that we're talking about. Listen, there's there's this weird, you know what? Like, I know a lot of people really hate Limp Bizkit, but they sold more. Like, in the time that I was watching a video about them recently because uh, my coworker Ben brought it up to me that they, a lot of people hated on them, but they made more money and sold more records than like anybody around that time. Yeah. And mm-hmm. they were, they, they were the top, like they sold more than any of the other, like new metal. And like, um, <clears throat> also uh, something that a lot of people don't know is like all the like singles that they had back when like MT, all the really stupid songs, the like break stuff and nookie and all that shit. If you, if you ever like, listen to like a full Limp Biscuit album, it was always like two different bands. Right. Because they had, they always had like half of the album was really stupid songs like that. But then the other half, which were never singles was like, Oh, this is like real music. This is like a real song. And it always seemed like they didn't, they couldn't make up their mind if they wanted to just be a joke, like a joke band or if they wanted to make real music, it's super. They're, like they're afraid of committing a, to being a serious. That band. is such a weird band. Limp Biscuit is so weird. All right, yes, have some. I love, I love them. Yeah. Same. All right, YHSG universe. Yeah. All right. Hold on. I came into this world as a reject. Look at his eyes. So stupid. I, I want to see a shirt that is the Yes Have Some crew dressed as Limp Biscuit on Optimus Prime rolling. Through I the don't town. want to see that. I do. I want to see it. Autobots roll. If, any, if anybody draws that, I'm kicking you out of group therapy. <laughs> no, but we need an animated music video of us all riding transformers to Limp Biscuit because I like that. Literally, I just said that. That's what you said. It's but but then said I that. saw it in my head and tried to explain it to everyone again. Um, I like that. I was so obsessed with Fred Durst that I specifically went to the store. I oh bought a plain God. blue pocket tee, a yellow New York Yankees hat that I wore backwards and baggy khakis. And I would stare in the mirror and be like, I think I look like Fred Durst. You, every time, every, you know, he he's from Jacksonville, Florida. Yeah. And like every time I'm in Jacksonville, there's like a song, you know, like a lot of the songs, they just talk at the beginning. <laughs> right. Every time I'm in Jacksonville and I drive over the Matthews bridge, there's like a Limp Bizkit song where he's like, bring him to the Matthews bridge. <laughs> And it just like pops in my head anytime I'm in Jacksonville. I met a girl I worked with who said she worked at the Chili's in Florida where all the guys in Creed were the line cooks and they were all stupid idiots. And I loved that story. Uh, I, I believe that. I just like the idea of going back into a Chili's and be like, oh, look, there's Creed. And there's somewhere the- in me, I'm also jealous of her. <laughs> like, I'm like, no. I oh, That's man. the past, but probably also the current. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. This Creed be- also currently works. Oh, that's there. what I meant. That that was uh, two months ago. <laughs> the I just want to say that I also like you, Craig. Did I borrowed my brother's khaki cargo shorts and did like a, a dressing up like um, Fred Durst in my room thing with like a full full on dance. And I wrote all the lyrics to Roland in my Algebra One book <laughs> in well, high school freshman year. Congrats to whoever got that book after you. Yeah. That's some it's more valuable they're gonna information find than that. algebra. They're going to find that in like 300 years in a time capsule. Like, what was she trying to say? Hey, ladies. <laughs> hey, fellas. <laughs> All right, we're getting to the fuck budget. Ladies and gentlemen, you know the rules. Let's get into it. Ten fucks each for Jake and Abby, and they have to allocate them wisely. First up, this 
broke group therapy and the internet today. The brand new advertisement from Mint Mobile, $30 a month. Ryan Reynolds, Rick Moranis. Rick Moranis finally returns to acting after all this time. And it was really great to see him. He's always been funny. But I know this generates a lot of conflicting feelings because he probably is not going to be in Ghostbusters Afterlife, but he is in the Mint Mobile commercial with Ryan Reynolds. Jake, how many fucks yeah. did you give about this ad? I gave it one annoyed fuck. Okay. <laughs> sure, it is great to see him in any capacity. I love him. He's great. He looks very good. He is funny. Um, he's been uh, in retirement for, I don't know, 25 years Long or something, time, yeah. 30 years. And he came out of retirement uh, to do a commercial for a phone company that nobody has ever heard of. I don't know what it is. Um, and that annoys me. It's like, you know, if you know, you say no, well, clearly like, or obviously we don't know like why he's not in Ghostbusters afterlife. I mean, we, there's no, I guess there's never been like, concrete proof that he hasn't but there's been a lot of like you know a lot of people have said you know these are the people who are back you know his name has never been mentioned right. i don't think they would just keep that a secret um and you know we don't know that he was even asked to be in it we right. don't know that right we don't know we would assume he was but we don't know that so you can't we can't really put that on it but it's like it just seems i don't know it just kind of annoys me because yeah. it's like, I would love to see him come. I know he's going to come back and do uh, the next Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, which is great. And I'm happy about that. But um, I don't know. This just left me a little like, I was like, oh, all right, cool, I guess. Yeah. yeah. You go to their party, but you won't come to ours. That's what it felt like. You know? Yeah. Now that I'm listening to you say that, I, I feel like I gave it too many fucks. Like I'm getting mad at retroactively but i gave this three fucks okay because wow. I, I was kind of it was nice for me to see rick moranis and i love ryan reynolds um so when i first watched it i'd say i'd give this an a plus um extra credit points for making rick moranis look cool because it's kind of hard to do that sometimes when they you haven't seen somebody in so long right um it can be jarring yeah and i think ryan reynolds is pretty charming um no i don't know what mint mobile is but i guess now we all We'll look it hey, up. Hey, guess what? The ad's working. Yeah, it's working. It, yeah, it, after, <laughs> because we're doing a five-minute segment on Mint Mobile tonight. Watching it, I think I probably was like, "Oh, well, this means well, maybe he will be in Ghostbusters Afterlife." Like, I'm in complete denial. Is probably where I am right now. But it, it made me happy to see. You Rick know what Morris I hated? Back. I hate when uh, companies do this. The Hollywood Reporter today posted their article from 2015 where they interviewed Rick Moranis where he talked about why he didn't do Answer the Call. And it just said, Rick Moranis opens up about why he's not doing new Ghostbusters reboot. And of course, everybody is talking about it like it's an article that came out today, so but it's five years old. It feels like that doesn't feel right. They shouldn't do that. Anyways, um, I loved seeing Rick as well. But Jake, I'm I'm right on board with you. I'm, it's it's a uh, bittersweet. Um, so yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, okay, next thing on the docket, it has been announced that in development is a brand new RoboCop prequel series, <laughs> prequel series focusing on villainous Omni VP Dick Jones, who we know gets his murder in RoboCop is one of the great scenes in film history. That's the dude with the long arms out the window, right? I believe so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. I, and, and I think, um, I don't know. I'll just, 
let's talk about it. Does does RoboCop need a prequel series? And if so, is this it? Me? Yeah. I no. I said zero fucks. After reading this article, there's not gonna be Robocop as a character in this. I don't like sure that's a great kill and it's very memorable and that's awesome, but to me that doesn't mean that it's a character whose backstory we need to go back into. So watching a Robocop series with no Robocop where I'm watching Richard Jones turn into Dick Jones as he goes through like the conflicts of like money and power and all that kind of, that has that's not interesting. One of the things I read in this article was saying that they're using the show Gotham as a template like There's the your show. first problem. Yeah, that's why I said uh-uh no because having a show about Gotham City without Batman being present and active as a character fighting crime is not interesting to me because then you're going to have to they're it's too much creative license and stuff that I I just don't care about, honestly, going into that. I don't care about Dick Jones. I liked RoboCop. I thought the world of RoboCop was cool, but this doesn't sound like something I would spend any time watching. Yeah, I've never watched RoboCop. It's like, I need more of that. I want to know how he got into that boardroom. I want 20 years of his backstory. Uh, Jake, how many fucks do you give to this? Oh, it's zero. Okay. It just sounds nice. really, it sounds really stupid. Everything Abby said, it sounds really stupid. Yeah. yeah, I've got a friend, my friend Billy, who I've been friends with for a long time, has a great story. He's got a lot of great stories from childhood, but one of them is begging his mom to rent RoboCop and her saying no repeatedly and finally just caving when he's like five years old. And then they're watching that scene when the this insane murder happens and the guy's getting the shot room, up in the yeah. boardroom and he's my, my, he's just screaming, crying at the TV <laughs> as it's happening. Uh, it's so funny. It's so funny. Um, it kind of reminds me of some of Jake's stories about like begging to watch like Child's and Play or whatever. Just, yeah, yeah, yeah. You think yeah. you want it, but you 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 think you're ready, but your your body and mind is like you are not emotionally prepared to see this man <laughs> obliterated. Association. By a machine gun. Um, okay, yeah, that sounds stupid. Uh, hey, don't do it. That's the art. By the way, it probably won't even happen. This stuff rarely happens. And we will not be talking about The Walking Dead tonight because I don't care. Why? I mean, not that I wanted to, but why was it a possibility? Oh, you didn't hear? No, what happened? It's it's ending. I thought, I thought that it, shit died off a long time ago. Well, a lot of people. But they're continuing it. They're doing a spinoff. Norman Reedus is getting his own show. All right. But I'm excited to talk about the next thing. Okay. Uh, Josh Gad, co-hosting, guest hosting The Tonight Show <laughs> with uh, Daisy Ridley. Oh, boy. I feel like we could do a whole episode on this, but I'm sure everybody has heard. Uh, and John Boyega had some interesting comments about Star Wars this week. We're not going to talk about those right now. We'll focus on this one. Um, very different perspectives. Uh we're all fans of The Force Awakens. We all have complicated feelings about everything that happened after that in the sequel trilogy. Daisy Ridley says that they had no plan. At one point, Rey was going to be nobody. At one point, she was going to be a Kenobi. At one point, she was going to be a Palpatine. We know she ended up being a Palpatine. And she freely speaks about all this because she is no longer under any contractual obligation or NDA. Uh, boy, Jake... I don't even yeah. know where to start with this, but uh, how many fucks do you give, and, and what are your thoughts on on this mess, this disaster? Well, what I called it in the text today. I I um we we definitely could do like a whole episode. Over we will this we will if, eventually. If we wanted to. We will eventually. But I gave this zero fucks, man, because it it is so annoying. It's so annoying to read any of it, and a lot of it we knew already. You know, it's like it, a lot of this isn't a secret. But it's more annoying when you're hearing it straight from, you know, 
the main actress. Right. Um, but it's just all, I, you know, we, we've talked about it a million times, how stupid it is to bring something like star Wars back and not have a story from the get go. Like we, we've mm-hmm. talked about, it, and this just boils down to that. And when I saw this article and read these things that she was saying, it just, it made me so annoyed because I'm like, even, even when you see parts of the new star Wars trilogy that are clearly like a lot of the force awakens, a couple things in, you know, uh, uh, the last Jedi and, and a couple things in Skywalker, there are things where you're like, well, they clearly took some care with this, or this scene was clearly like somebody, you know, there's good stuff in all three of them, but it's like, how, how, how is there not one voice here coming up with a story? Why is it? Oh, let's do this. Now let's do this. Now let's change. Like that should not be the case. Yeah, and it makes it, it's annoying because Star Wars is important, and it's such a it's such a big thing in so many's lives. And when you hear that that's how it was behind the scenes, it's like that's disrespectful to Star Wars for them to have done that. So zero fucks. Okay. Amen, sister. I also said zero fucks to this, and I got annoyed reading this. Uh, good for her. Good for Daisy Ridley for being able to speak openly about it. Um, yeah, map that shit out from the get-go. You need to have an outline going into things. Um, of course they were planning on making Rey a Kenobi in the beginning. I feel like that was something that was kind of hinted at. It's very upsetting to hear that it was like undecided on set for The Force Awakens. I think it's shameful that her lineage wasn't outlined in the writer's room meetings. I have a quote that I'm going to read to you all from a book that I've been reading about mapping out and outlining Um, your novel, and I think it applies to the situation. It says, uh, stories for all their seeming simplicity are complicated. They're puzzles in which all the pieces have to fit just so. Uh, They're not random dreamscapes that tumble out of our brains fully formed. Rather, they're cohesive holes in which the beginning and the end must be planned as a partnership. If we don't know how a story is going to end, we'll never know how to properly begin it. And I think that's very sage advice, and I really wish that the... uh, team behind these movies this trilogy had thought about things beforehand because it is a huge <laughs> mess to, to not know what you're doing going into it that's a great quote i'm glad you read that yeah, um, it's called outlining your novel and i'm gonna tell everyone it's by k.m wyland it's a great thing um that's a great quote and it, it's it's interesting because we all know if you go back to the original star wars that we know that george lucas had to he he planned out the first movie I, I think it's pretty well documented that the changes, Luke and Leia being brother and sister, the reveal of Darth Vader being Luke's dad, like that that stuff kind of came as he de- continued to, to develop the story. And, and that's fine. And it worked and it's great. And I'm sure there was people back then going, I can't believe they did this. There's no way that whatever. But it's Star Wars. And like Jake said, it's important and we should treat these things like they are important and we should have reverence for them. To, to think that J.J. Abrams plotted out that first movie and met with Kathleen Kennedy and they had like the one question you have to answer before starting these movies is who is she? What is this ultimately building towards? Mm -hmm. And the fact, and it's pretty evident that they, it's more evident than ever than they didn't know. That's why the last Jedi feels so uh, subconscious, you know, sometimes you, when you talk about the last Jedi, it can be hard to actually pinpoint 
what feels off about it. You just like, it, it's such a, a left turn for, for, for reasons we don't know. And it definitely feels like that thing where it's like, we're going to develop the first one. And then the second writer and creator is going to take ownership of the second one. And they're going to do their thing. And like, clearly that didn't work because nothing sat well with anybody. So to not know what Ray's journey ultimately was going to mm-hmm. be and what her, le- the and not hand that guideline to Ryan Johnson and not have like, these are the stipulations of this is, this is when we all walked out of the force awakens, Jake, I'll never forget the first thing we get on the phone. It's who is Ray? Who is she? How does she have these Jedi powers? What is her lineage? That is what the whole trilogy is about. And that's why even though there's some really good stuff in Rise of Skywalker, the whole Palpatine angle, it still doesn't feel great. It feels off because you know it was like, I mean, fuck. It sounds from what uh, Razy Diddley, Diddley, (laughs) what's her name? (laughs) God damn it. What Daisy Ridley was saying was that no one knew. Even going into episode nine, they were like, it's going to be, you're going to be a Palpatine. No, you're not going to be a Palpatine. Like, how did they not? How is it, who's steering the ship and who knows where we're going and what coordinates we're trying to get to? Like, Jake, how did this happen? I don't know, dude. I, <laughs> when, whenever, whenever you watch Force Awakens, even when you go back and rewatch Force Awakens, it seems like J.J. Abrams had a clear vision of where it was going. And maybe in his own mind, Maybe he did, but it's so sad to realize that nobody else did or nobody shared that. And it just came down to like basically having to fix it because like, dude, there, there are scenes in like, there are things that happen in force awakens where it's like, I, I was a hundred percent. Like she's clearly related to the Skywalkers. Right. Somehow like it is, they all but say that in Force Awakens, there are, you know, like she says like this lightsaber was, you know, it was his and then it called to Luke and now it's calling to you. How much clearer can you say? <laughs> that this yeah. is, you know what I mean? Like right. there are like it seemed like it was a hundred percent thing. And it just I don't know how it happened, man. Right. Like it just yeah. it just fell apart. And, and, and Maz Katana says, uh that's another story for another time. And it's like, and you're never going to hear it because we don't, we don't have it. Um, and the thing is, if, if we found out that Palpatine was the plan from the beginning, then, then they would have laid more. It's again, that's why the Palpatine thing feels so jarring because there is no wait. It's like a blip. If you ended the last Jedi with a teaser, teasing Palpatine, that gives it the story, some connection, but there's just, Oh boy. And then, I don't want to get into the John Boyega stuff, but I am on record. I have said it publicly yeah. and privately. Botched, they botched, completely botched. botched Finn. It could have been at the end of Force Awakens. We could have had two people on different Jedi paths. And what I'm I'm going to go ahead and say it. And I've defended The Last Jedi in the past. And there's stuff oh. in that, that movie I like. But fuck whatever Ryan Johnson did with that movie. Because he did. It, it wasn't. It didn't work. It didn't work. It sucks. It didn't work. Mm. Sucks. Mm-hmm. The stuff I like. I like the throne room. I like Luke training Ray. I don't like Finn and Rose doing whatever they were doing. That's all his stuff. Like, what is that? I I have no idea. That's it. I'm moving on to the next. Good, because this could go yes, on. Yes, please. We've we've diverged. Yeah, let's we move. talked about David Blaine for way too long. Now let's move Come on, on to this too. Okay. This Ghostbusters promo. We've all seen it before, but it for some reason recycled through all the news sites today. 
This was on the DVD that came out last year, the Blu-ray. This is Bill Murray and Dan Aykroyd promoting Ghostbusters, trying to sell it to the theaters. It's a great clip. If you've never seen it, look it up. But I specifically want to talk about the song because I don't think we ever did. There is a song in there that was going to originally be the theme song for the movie Ghostbusters. This is what they had until Ray Parker Jr. stepped up. So my question is, if that song was the song, how would that have affected Ghostbusters and how many fucks do you give about that song? That's the question I'm asking. Mm. Abigail. Okay. Well, I didn't read your question fully. Ah. <laughs> no, but I did get, no, don't, I did it right. I just, I, I answered right. it and it actually, the first thing, well, I gave this two fucks first of all, because it made me happy to see Dan Aykroyd and Bill Murray riffing and swearing on screen together. That's just really fun content for me to watch. Um, the first thing I wrote down though was what is this organ theme song? Um, this is before I knew that you were wanting to talk about it. Uh, I think I said, she read the instructions. Dude, That's how I operate. I will go forward and then go back and read the instructions. It sounds like the DuckTales theme song, kind of like the way it's kind of jumpy going back and forth. Um, I don't think it would have affected the success of Ghostbusters to have this song in instead of Ray Parker Jr.'s, but I'm glad that they didn't because it's not as good. It doesn't have, it's not as remarkable and memorable. Okay. Uh, that's pretty much all I have down, but the, the song is what stood out most to me during this thing. I was like, what in the fuck is this? Okay. <laughs> that's why I'm asking about it. Uh, Jake, uh, how many fucks do you give about this? Um, I gave it one fuck and the, it is a great promo. That's not what I'm basing. I, I did not base my one fuck on that. I based my one fuck on how bad this song is. <laughs> and, and my belief that if my belief that if that were the song they stuck with, Ghostbusters would have bombed. It would have done awful. We would not be talking about it. We would not have a podcast. We probably would not know each other. That song is a piece <laughs> of garbage. Effect. And it, could have single-handedly destroyed uh, life as we know it. I like that. Um, at a minimum, I don't think Ghostbusters would have had the pop culture injection. You would not have had the Ray Parker Jr. It's such a generic sounding. Right. It sounds like he turned a keyboard on and pressed one of the like preset. <laughs> yeah. It's bad. Yeah. There's uh, we, there's all these Coke commercials on YouTube like, I ain't afraid no thirst. We wouldn't have gotten any of that. Um, yeah, that song's not great, but it's always fun to go back into the archives and, and think about what would have happened. Right. Um, and there's not many movies. Disaster would have happened. There's not many movies besides Ghostbusters it, that are so closely related to the theme yeah, song. Yeah, it catapulted it up, keeping it on the charts, keeping it every year around Halloween, having that song play. Like, it just keeps it alive. I love that. It's true. All right, let's do it. We buried the lead. We have not talked about Bill and Ted Face the Music yet. I put it in a fuck budget. Let's face it, folks. 2020 is a weird year. This was not the way we wanted to watch this movie. We wanted to see it with, uh, you know, tons of Bill and Ted fans and theaters, but uh, uh, <laughs> didn't happen. So we watched it at home, and I want to talk about Bill and Ted Face the Music right now. So, Jake, when it comes to Bill and Ted Face the Music, the third movie, well, first yeah. of all, how, have you just watched it the one time? Yeah. Watched it once? Okay. I think we watched it twice. All right. How many? People have been asking. There's been a couple people. Oh, I can't wait to hear, can't wait to hear what they think. But yeah, that's, let's face it. That's what they, they said. I can't. I can't, I can't wait to hear what Jake Nobody thinks. Nobody has think. ever cared about Nobody's my opinion. Nobody's wanting to know what I think. Jake, <laughs> how many fucks? Uh, I gave it two fucks. Okay, there we and go. And 
I I almost gave it more. I think maybe I would have given it more if we would have done this the day after we watched it. Okay. It's not a movie that is lingered in my brain in any sort of positive way. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I did not think it was awful, but I did not think it was very funny. Um, there were very, very few things that I laughed at. Um, a lot of it just does not feel like Bill and Ted to me. Just a, 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 a good chunk of it. There is a good chunk that does. There are a few things where I'm like, there are a few specific things where I was like, what? Like that is, that felt good. You know, this right. feels good. This feels good. But to me, it, it's, it's easily ranked third in the trilogy to me. And, uh, most of the best stuff happens in the last 20 minutes when death shows up. And it just hasn't been a movie that I've thought about really. And, and, and I, and when I said thought about in a positive way, it doesn't mean I'm, I'm thinking negatively of it, but it's just as it stuck with me at all. No, no part of me has been like, man, I need to watch Bill and Ted three again. Right. Mm-hmm. So okay. it's just had no kind of lasting anything with me. It's uh, just, it was there and it's gone. Um, before we move on to Abby, in my opinion, you, you said that there was some stuff in there that you thought felt pretty good. Can you cite anything specifically? I mean, I know it's been a couple uh, of weeks. I, I, I liked, so I, I wasn't a big fan of the, of the, of the daughters just in general, but their plot line I liked. And I almost felt like Bill and Ted should have been the ones going back in time and putting this band together. Right. And not doing what they were doing, because I think that the plot line that Bill and Ted were participating in does not make sense in the reality of their own movie. It doesn't make sense that it's happening. But I really liked, uh, you know, like the scene where Beethoven is playing with, um, mm-hmm. or Mozart is playing with Beethoven. Right. Mozart is playing. <laughs> Jimi uh, Hendrix. The, yeah, that like duel with Jimi Hendrix. I was like, this entire movie should be like this. Yeah. I was when I when that scene happened. I was like, hey, you know what? If they would have just took that like two minute scene yeah. and made that the trailer, I would have shit my pants if I saw that. I would have been like, this is gonna be amazing. Yeah. 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 All right. That yeah. kind of stuff I liked. I liked death. Uh, that's, I mean, that's about it. There was a, I, I thought, I thought, um, Bill and Ted did fine. Like, you know, trying to be those characters again. That wasn't my issue. It was just like, there was a lot of weird writing and it did not seem like it was written by the same people who did the first two. And I don't know, man, it just, it, it, it didn't hold on to the, to the, to, I guess the, the magic okay. for me. Fair enough. Fair enough. Got uh, it. Abigail, how many fucks? Well, I gave this five fucks. That's I've been saving my fucks up actually um, throughout this fuck budget because I thought that Bill and Ted Face the Music was a breath of fresh and positive air in this dismal climate that we're in right now. Um, I'm kind of bummed that we didn't get to see it in the movie theater, but I thought that the the thing that was kind of nice about having it at home release was we were able to watch it immediately the next day, and we weren't even like dying to put it back on, but it ended up that we put it on and it continued to make us laugh. And by the end of the movie, we were crying again. Like we did the first time. <laughs> Which, cry, that's, so. a, that's a good thing. Um, I made a pros and cons list for this movie because yeah. I think it definitely has like some good heart and some good moments where it's like, Oh, everything's fitting back into place. But you still got to <laughs> look at things with a critical yeah, eye. Exactly. I, I said my first pro was I thought that both the girls, Samantha, uh, Samara and Bridget are adorable and magnetic as B and T on screen. <laughs> 
I thought that Dennis Caleb McCoy was the funniest part of the movie. I thought him and death were great. I think that, um, William Sadler, that's his name, right? William Sadler. Mm-hmm. Um, he owns that character. He, I could watch that. I could watch him that and Dennis together as they were great. Yeah, that, that funny. the scene where Bill and Ted go to death's house, by the way, Jake, have you seen that? There's a special feature floating around of, they did like a cribs for death. Yeah. <laughs> I did not see That's, that. It, he's I, like, my number three pro is Death's Flat in Hell. What's my favorite? Death when when they But the, why does Death live in hell in this movie? He doesn't live in hell in the first movie. How come in this how come in this movie when everybody dies, they automatically go to hell? Right. Bill and Ted go to hell when they die. They go to Death's like plane of existence right. and they have to play him. They only go to hell uh. when they, they try to escape. In this movie, everybody gets killed and immediately goes to hell. And I'm like, right. is that? Is that, that the thing? Is that you it? just go right. straight to hell? I don't get it. Or is that because Kayla, Dennis Caleb McCoy was sending them there? Maybe. I don't know. Maybe I don't know. Maybe he was, was <laughs> he killing is, them, or is that where they all I know up? is when, I didn't when think about it that the, far. The line where where they go, when Alex Winter goes, "You were playing forty five minute bass solos that nobody else could play," and he goes, "I was in the groove." <laughs> Made me laugh very hard. Um, yeah, everything with him was funny. I thought Alex Winter was also very funny. Yep. Kind of recaptured this character. I thought Kristen Schaal channeled Rufus's energy pretty well. Um, everything that happens in the movie after they're in hell is moved, like uh, going upward. Like it's great moving forward. The first half has some rough spots, I'd say. I think um, there's a re-edit of this movie that's, that's a, lo- a little saying. bit tighter. And we talked about it. They did not have a chance to do reshoots. They wanted yeah. to do more Budget. Low budget and COVID, I yeah, think, affected some of the, sure. the quality and the pacing of the film. I think that they could have extended some stuff or cut some things shorter. Like when uh, Bill and Ted are going into Dave Grohl's house, there's some funny stuff there, but there's also a couple things that go on very long. Right, it where, drags a little yeah, bit. Yeah, it's like oh, they probably could have diverted from this. And I kind of agree with you, Jake, about the the Bill and Ted's act, their storyline with the wives and time traveling. I didn't like it quite as much as their daughters going back and pulling the music musicians through time. I would have also speaking of which liked to have seen the daughters working harder and struggling more to get the musicians back together. Like you're like the, what that scene you mentioned with Mozart, like that, more of that. That was, and I agree completely on that. What What's so fun about the beginning of Bill and Ted is when they first, they go into, uh, to the war scene and they are in the, they're in the middle of a war. They say, we're in a war dude. And they see Napoleon. Then they go back to the old West and they have this, they have to acclimate themselves to the old West. But it's because they have like multiple plot lines in this movie and they just did not have the time to do that kind of stuff. I, I didn't like any of Bill and Ted's, interactions with other versions of bill and ted i didn't like any of it It, i i I know i read that there was a a scene written where they go back to the circle k and they and they talk to like their younger selves and i know that they couldn't do that because of a budget thing but that to me is such a waste to not have that happen and you know like a walmart commercial did that right and And that's and it was amazing it was amazing to see you Bill right. and young Bill right. in a Walmart. And I'm like, a Walmart commercial can do it. Right. We yeah. can't do it in a movie. That's stupid. Um, something I, I, I pointed out before that, Craig, I think you got annoyed about, but <laughs> something that I cannot get over is they they go to the future and they get told, hey, you have until 7, whatever, 715 or whatever. They're like, you got you have until 715 tonight to do the song. And they're like, okay, well, what happens after 7.15? And they're like, there will be no 7.15. It's hard to believe that mid-mobile has gone so long. Guys, I'm sorry. 
Jesus Christ. Abby wanted to watch the Mint Mobile commercial again. I accidentally clicked on um, Sorry. Keep going, Jake. They, you know, they they explicitly get told if the song's not done, that's it for the, the world. There will be no time past 7.15 if you do not write the song. Right. So then they immediately say, well, let's go forward two years and get just get the song. Right. And that makes sense up until the point where they go two years in and Bill and Ted two years later are like, we don't have it. And they're right. They're dick. Well, why that if, if there's a future, if they're allowed to go two years ahead, then that means the song got written right. That right. immediately, if they go into the future from that point, that means the song got written. So why would Bill and Ted in two years be jerks about it? They wouldn't because they would have, the song would have been done. Right. It doesn't make any, and then that's what the whole plot's based on. So right. I'm like, none of this makes any sense. So I think, uh, A, I, I agree with what you're saying. There's definitely the- It's almost like them leaving themselves the keys or doing something like that. But yeah, they, I think that's what they were going for. Like the stuff from the first movie, like we'll, we'll just go later, leave our, so like you just said, like we'll leave the keys here. Like I think that it is convoluted and complicated. I'm willing to forgive it because it's it's- whatever it's it's i don't want to just be like well it's just a bill and ted movie but it is i felt it it didn't piss me off or irk me too much to take me out of it but i felt a little bit of that like okay i'm following along but it also feels mm. it's a little and i i do agree the last 20 minutes of the movie are that's when it's like kicks into high gear you've got death it's it, dennis caleb mccoy's doing his thing he's hilarious and he's like a new weird character i did miss station i agree with mm. that mm -hmm. um yeah. But I think the, I I, I want we'll continue to talk about this movie because I I will say Jake that on a rewatch once you kind of let down like it's so weird revisiting these characters I did not get the Dumb and Dumber thing like Dumb and Dumber two is literally awful I think, I didn't no 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 I didn't get the Dumb and Dumber thing either which right, is great which is good that's not this yeah, movie's heart just, is in the right place um it's just there's other things that fell flat for me it's not right yeah I here's what I'll say. Let's talk about Keanu Reeves real quick because there's moments in this movie that I feel he really did recapture Ted specifically when he calls his older self from two years a dick. When he goes, you're a dick, Ted. I was like, oh, that's the most, that's exactly what Ted would say right now. Um, but Jake, Alex Winter did so such a good job recapturing that energy. I, I just... I don't think Keanu Reeves is bad in this movie. I think he does as good as he can, but I just don't think, you know, Ted is a pretty hyper character at times and he's a little bit over the top and boisterous and Keanu Reeves is really, he was a kid when he did that. Exactly. He's like melancholy almost now. I don't, yeah, I don't think it was that easy for him to try to get into that character. I agree. Yeah. There are, there just like you said, there are times where you could see it and you're like, Oh yeah, this is pretty good. But most of the time, Bill is so good and death is so good that it's weird when you're watching the three of them, like when the three of them are in death's like little apartment. Yeah. Bill and death literally feel like they're both doing such a good job that they feel like they just came out of bogus journey. Right. Right. But then you have Ted who's like a little off and right. it, and it's it just makes the whole thing a little stiff. You know what dawned on me, and this just dawned on me a couple of days ago. I haven't said it to you. I'd have to go back and watch it, but like, because we rewatched uh, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure recently, Ted smiles a lot. He's always smiling. 
he's like always kind of just has this look of like cheesy. Yeah. 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 Like a, like a dumb kid. And I know part of the storyline is that Keanu, like Ted's a little bit more run down and trying to give up, but he doesn't smile. I think like once in this movie. And, yeah, and it, right. it, it it bummed me out, but overall, I did like it. I'd probably give it like like a six out of ten or a five and a half out of ten. It's got a lot of stuff in there I like. It's got some stuff that I think could have maybe been better. I think the one thing that worked against them is I know they developed the plot of this movie like ten years ago. Mm. I think it probably needed a fresh set of like. It's also this would be the last thing that I'll say about the 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 plot of the movie, but the the whole wrap up when they do the song at the very end, yeah, it's super convoluted and it happens very quickly. Right. And they're like in two seconds, they're like, Oh, we'll just, there's just, we'll, we'll hit the infinite number and there'll be a million of us and we'll right. give an instrument to everybody in the world. And it happens in like 20 seconds. Right. And then the song they actually do doesn't really look or feel or seem very important. It's not a very it it like what like what I was just saying about that Ghostbuster song. It sounds very generic, and it's not. And I'm like, oh, okay. This it just doesn't that like little climax doesn't have a very good emotional payoff to me. And it, and it, as quick as all that shit happens, they literally are like, and that was it. We saved the day. Right. Roll credits. And I'm right. like, oh, oh, okay. It's a, it's a bro- it elicits some good feelings. At least it did for me, but it right. leaves me scratching my head a little bit while watching it to follow. It's, exactly. I was confused, it's a confusing. by yeah. that, like the RPMs, I think, or like whatever the certain so number they were supposed to hit. I and have then going a, back and giving, I have a feel. They talk about, but I like seeing them all in. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt, but I like seeing them all in the phone booth together, Bill, Ted and their wives. That moment was worth all like right. some of those strange. I, I, I literally, you know, congrats to the movie. It's doing very well. It's the number one movie in the month of August for video on demand. And the reviews were really get great. I think that it was a, a really positive it's hearts in the right place. Didn't always stick the landing, but it, you know, for it's listen, we've talked about it so much. The hardest thing for these franchises to do are to come back after all this time and have these people jump into these characters and listen, we don't know what's going to happen with afterlife. We could be having a very similar discussion you know, in four or five months where we say, or six months or whatever it is, and we go, Ooh, I think it was really hard for Bill Murray. Stop. Stop. Well, I'm just saying Stop. it could. Ha- All right. We'll end there. Listen, um, I would, I do, <laughs> I do think Bill and Ted, I, I do like how much heart it had. And I think the thing with the song is it's like, they say it's like 160 beats per minute and C sharp. I think there's some scientific study that says like that. Those are, that is the structure that releases the most, uh, well, know, there's, well, they're saying that because everybody has to play it. Right, exactly. Mm. Everybody has to know. Everybody in the world has played at the same time. So right, they're right. telling everybody the key and the rhythm. Right. And I, I've gone back and listened to the soundtrack. There's some really good stuff in there. But we didn't really talk about it a lot. I don't I, – Anthony Kerrigan, I think is his name. I'll, I want to get the actor's name right. The guy who played Dennis McCoy. What I liked about him so much was that in, in the way that death does that shift in the – the second movie, I thought it was a really cool way to have like, here's a new character that you weren't expecting to see. And he's got some really funny lines. The, my two favorite lines are when they first get to hell and Bill goes, what are we going to do, dude? He, or they both go, what are we going to do, dude? And he just pops up and goes, yeah, what are we going to do, dudes? Like, just like immediately. I thought that was really funny. And then he's got the line where he says the death. I, I like the part where you said, let's rock because it made me want to rock. Like I was like, oh, okay, this is funny. I'm having a good time. Um, 
Hey, everybody. Thanks for joining us. Have some. This was a lot of fun. Yeah. <laughs> this was fun. Yes. I like to have fun. Yeah. Um, I like to rock. Anything fun else? Is fun. Uh, yeah. Anything else before we wrap up, Abigail? No, no, it's just about Gardner. it. I, I agree with Jake. I think that the song at the end of that movie could have been more meaningful. Either pick something we recognize. Well, or... I think it's because we're we're used to God gave rock and roll to you, which is like objectively not a great song, but it's, it's not. Yeah. But it's also amazing yeah. somehow at the second time. Yeah. yeah, that was so nice of God to give the rock and roll to mm-hmm. us. Right. Um, Put it in our soul. Jake, anything else before we wrap up? Why does a uh, why does the Dennis the robot have a really scary robot voice for the first half of the movie, but then just all of a sudden drops it for no reason? I think that's funny. That's what made me laugh about it. I, it, I, it, 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 it. It is funny, but I don't. But does that does funny equal? doing something for no reason at all no i think that was what the character was supposed to be i think it was he's a menacing robot but then he you, was supposed to be sounding scary and then he was just like then he has an existential I, crisis I, I, I see I could, uh, that makes sense i guess <sighs> yeah. Yeah. I, I think it's. I think they were trying to do the same thing that they do with death in the first movie. The thing with death though is that he shows up and he's menacing and then they fucking pull his pants up his ass <laughs> like immediately yeah. um right. but Jake, you had mentioned that they they did give away one of the funniest gags in the movie in the trailer, which you never watched, which is well, death. I yeah, I didn't watch the trailer, and I'm glad because the thing that I one of the dumb little throwaway jokes that I thought was the one of the funniest things in the movie was that Death was playing um, like hopscotch by himself and cheating, mm-hmm. and I was like, that's funny. And that then I watched funny. the trailer after, and I was like, oh, they put that in the trailer. The second trailer is <laughs> not very good. Oh, we never talked about it. It's really I thought I was like I was I was. Maybe that's why I ended up liking it more than I thought because after the second trailer, I was significantly – I was like, ooh, this is not going to be great. Um, last thing, the gag of having um, Deacon get married to – Missy. Missy is funny. Yeah. That, that is, was very funny. That was funny. I thought that was – Yeah. Um, Seeing them together cool. was very funny. All right, everybody. Well, thank you for joining us. Have some this week. We appreciate it. Make sure that you're subscribing on whatever podcast uh, application that you use. Stay tuned for more from the Yes Have Some, what do we call this? The universe? Cast of stars. Um, <laughs> and uh, we'll, we'll be back next week with more content, more toy talk. And uh, hey, got to count down to that trailer. We got to get a Ghostbusters trailer at some point. Yeah. 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 You can bring the trailer song back. I can bring the trailer song back. We will have special guests on to talk about the trailer. And uh, we'll, we'll have some fun coming up. So thanks, everybody, for joining. And we will see you next week. Bye, y'all. Later.